Vista, episode 163. I am Ben, and I am here piloting a remote-operated submersible exploring the abyssal plain. Desperately sucking the meat out of a small spider-like crab and looking dreadfully embarrassed about it, it's a hideous gulper eel. It's Theo. <laughs> hey, Theo. Hey, you going? It's fine to eat a crab sometimes, man. Like, you don't have to... Like, it's okay. No, no, I, I mean, if I wasn't embarrassed, I'd feel worse. <laughs> so, this is my coping mechanism. More embarrassed about the fact that you weren't embarrassed. That's exactly right. Fantastic. I also, uh, um, I think abyssal is one of my favourite kinds of planes. Oh, <laughs> it's top notch. Like, you basically don't, if you're not reading, say, uh, a supplementary Dungeons and Dragons book with mm-hmm. lists of ancient artefacts, you're not going to encounter the word abyssal a lot. No, we really should be bringing the word abyssal into our everyday lives. Normalize abyssal planes. Can you maybe give an example of how you could <laughs> drop the word abyssal in your, like, in everyday conversation? So I was looking at myself nude the other day. <laughs> <laughs> yep, fair enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, wriggling, oh, nope. wriggling quietly <laughs> and uselessly beneath this shameful display is an awful little horrible nematode worm. Hey, Lucy. How you doing? <laughs> oh, that was rough. That was a rough one. <laughs> so sorry. I'm good. I'm enjoying myself down here. Yep. Despite just... the ocean being a disgusting place. I don't Awful. Know what nematode worms do. I know there are a lot of them on the planet. They live basically everywhere. Well, it's none of I... your business, <laughs> you know? <laughs> They're just vibing. Wow, fair enough. Just mind your business. Okay. Most, most of the time I find half of one sticking out of a nematode apple. Lastly, partially obscured by the sediments whipped up by my passage, and oblivious to the bright lights starkly illuminating it, using all eight arms to hold up the centerfold of a different porno mag, it's Andrew. Hey. Hey. Uh, you should see how many folds come down in this thing. Uh, as soon as I turn it sideways, it just keeps unraveling and unraveling, because the creatures that we like to jack off to, long, gross. I've realised that I've not... I didn't actually name a specific creature in that now that I'm looking back at it. Well, that kind of makes it scarier, doesn't it? Yeah, you just have eight arms. Eight arms. Arms sounds uh, terrifying. So I was looking this up, right? Because in my mind, I was like, <laughs> this this man's an octopus. And I was like, wait, no, I'm pretty sure they're not tentacles, which is why I said arms this time. And it's correct that they're not tentacles. But if you were just to say this is a creature with eight arms without immediately picturing an octopus, I don't like what I'm going to see. Yeah, I, th- I think more of a crustacean type thing. I'm picturing the guy from Mortal Kombat, but with more arms. So I was watching um, <laughs> I was watching some cooking videos the other day, mm-hmm. as I do, on the internet. And I was watching a channel called Cooking and Grillin' with AB. Uh, and it's a guy who just does lots of like American, southern, uh, soul food kind of stuff. And he was doing a seafood boil, because I'm constantly mm. trying to establish whether or not I think a seafood boil is good. It is good, by the way. It is? It's good. It's not as good as I expected. Yeah, and like, the presentation leaves something to be desired, because effectively what happens is you boil up a whole bunch of uh, different kinds of seafood, crab legs, lobster tails, um, shrimp, as they would call them. Uh, you also stick like some corn, potatoes, and stuff like that. Oh, we're talking like, in a, the like, a, like a gumbo style thing? You would think that, right? So so okay. you make a, make a big pot. Um, of, of basically like a, a stock of broth kind of thing. And then you boil all of this seafood in it and uh, like corn cobs and potatoes and stuff. And then you drain the whole thing off 
and you just dump all of the seafood and vegetables into like a big trough. Well, I've um, seen and, some of this. And you just pick up and start eating like crab legs and prawns and stuff like that. Oh, you also put like a whole bunch of sausage in there. Yeah. I liked it, like, but I had it in Georgia, sausage. so it was probably especially oh, good. God damn, it probably was, but like I, I still I still kind of get the the vibe that like there's there's a little something missing. Like you said, something where you, you you'd be like, Yeah, that's it's good, but yeah. So anyway, when the guy's making this thing, he's um putting it all into his gigantic pot and stuffing everything in and he's got like long snow crab legs. Um, which he's just kind of barely got any room for and he's stuffing them into the top of the <laughs> pot. And it is not a particularly aesthetically pleasing thing to just have these little Cthulhu monster legs <laughs> sticking out of the top of the pot of stuff you're making and like coming down over the side. It looks a lot like the face huggers, you know? Sure, mm. yeah. In the Alien franchise. Like the fucking... Uh... In the thing where the guy's head detaches and it suddenly grows like the weird crab legs. Yep, starts running mm-hmm. around, mm-hmm. you know. Looks yeah. like those legs. Uh, and those are the eight of the things that I have. Yeah. That I'm using to hold up uh, a right. subterranean That's where this man. whole story was going. And this is the yep. magic of podcasting, <laughs> is that you can create vivid pictures using <laughs> only words. Only words. And nothing more. Sometimes sound effects, though. You know? I really thought... You were just going to smash your soundboard right then. Well, I was thinking about it because uh, I looked overhead and I saw a boat passing above us. Uh, The bright lights not really bothering me, definitely scaring Theo. Uh, He's dropped the crab leg that he was fiendishly sucking off (laughs) (laughs) and has darted behind Ben Submersible. Uh, Because I do in fact see a boat up there, which must mean it's time for Boat Watch. Can I, before before we launch into our boat watch stories, we have in the notes. Can mm-hmm. I present to you a novel and original boat watch story from my own life? Would we that be would love nothing more than that? So yesterday, uh, hold on. Will you be presenting the story with words? Yes, I will. This is going to be okay. another one of those word pictures. <laughs> uh, I was hanging out with a friend of mine yesterday. Uh, we were just going around looking at carriage sales and shit. And at the end of the day, before he had to start work, he was like, oh, shit, I've got to go pay the mooring fees for my boat, which makes it sound very luxurious. But the situation mm-hmm. is that he, in lieu of renting in a share house anymore, he spent $5,000 on an extremely decrepit <laughs> ferro-cement uh, motor yacht that doesn't work anymore. Like, the generator on it doesn't work. It hasn't moved from the moorings near Garden Point in, like, 30 years. Like, if the boat tried to move, it would probably sink. It is an absolute fucking nightmare. Uh, He took us out there. It was genuinely terrifying. We tried to get the generator off it. We almost died. It was a whole other thing. But he was like, I've got to pay my mooring fees. And I'm like, oh, I mean, surely, like, you can just do that online because this is through Brisbane City Council. Like, you you just go to a website and you pay the fees. And he's like, oh... No, it's a little different to that. Doesn't really tell us what that entails. And I'm like, okay. And then he's like, you know, you got to like go to a car park somewhere. And I'm thinking he's making like some joke about, you know, look, it's like a dodgy backroom deal or whatever. And then he pulls off 
uh, near Roma Street Parklands. We walk towards King George Square. I'm painting a word picture here for people from Brisbane. Theo, oh, I'm enjoying it. This means nothing I can picture to me. exactly where I am. You know Moving the, from um, one place to another. You know the weird building that uh, it has the Medicare office in the bottom floor and it looks like it's made of Minecraft? It's like a white-ish, medium-sized skyscraper with a big red stripe on it. Uh, it's just across from the cathedral near King George Square. Oh, yes. Uh, so we're near there. He leads us around the corner of that building. We go down a set of stairs, and then we go into an underground car park. Uh, a regular-ass underground car park, such as you would see anywhere in the city. We go up to one of those big yellow kiosks, which is where you pay for parking your car. And there, I cannot stress enough that this is a perfectly ordinary machine. There are no signs on it that would indicate that it is anything other than a ticket-taking machine. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, You know, you say, I, I was here for however many hours, you put your thing in, you whatever, you pay for it. It is just a fucking ticket machine for an underground car park next to King George Square. We walk up to it. He presses the intercom button on it, which I didn't even know those things had one of. Oh, they all do. I've never pressed one. They all do so that if you if you lose your ticket or whatever, or if like uh, you've been ripped off in some way, you press the thing and someone goes, "Pardon." Mm. <laughs> what they say to you is, <laughs> yeah. "Yeah, yeah." And then you say, "Hey, uh, what the fuck's going on with?" It? And they go, "Just here, have a have a ticket. Just." God, I wish that was the case. (laughs) For me, it's like, (laughs) hey, I lost my ticket. And they're like, 150 bucks. Fuck you. So we walk up to this machine. He presses the intercom button. It rings for a very, very, very long time. Then a woman's voice comes on and says, hello. And he says, hi, I'd like to pay my mooring fees. And she says, okay, I'll call you back. And then... She hangs up the intercom. We stand there for about a minute and a half. And then a woman that I don't see because this happens behind the ticket machine obscures her from view. But one of the like emergency stairwell doors opens. Someone walks through it, goes into an office that is immediately next to the ticket machine that we're at that has all of the blinds closed, shuts the door. The intercom rings us. And she says, okay, what's your mooring number? He tells her the mooring number. She goes, great. Uh, before you pay, please press the receipt button. He presses the receipt button. A number flashes up on the screen. He pays with his credit card. She says, can you read me the receipt number? He reads her the receipt number. And she says, great, you paid up for two weeks. And then we exit the car park and leave. Just out of, out of curiosity, <laughs> did you did you see the number? Uh, I think it was around 140 bucks, something along those lines. And what sort of time period does that cover? I think for? that's two weeks. Yeah. Are you okay. guys okay up there? Is everything this good? This is the strangest <laughs> thing I've ever this seen in my we like goddamn life. Things. And I was just like, wait, so when you got this, did they tell you you could pay at any Brisbane City Council ticket terminal? He's like, no, it's just this one. Okay. Huh. Seems normal. I, I am... I'm still completely dumbfounded by this. There is no way that this is the only system they have in place for paying for this. Surely not. It was just so deeply strange. I kept sort of looking around for some sign that would indicate that this was a special ticket machine. Nothing. 
I will say I think that this lifestyle probably, as far as boat lifestyles go, apart from being a decrepit, uh, unlivable boat, mm-hmm. sounds like the best scenario for me and Lucy because you can be on a boat, but it doesn't have to be detached from something that is also attached to the land. Mm-hmm. That's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So if if you just had like a nice boat, like a like a, a reasonable houseboat that was just affixed to something, <clears throat> that'd be a pretty nice life. That's not bad. Yeah, I was watching a watching a video of a guy who made built his own houseboat the other day, and he uh you know had it all filled with insulation and he had like wired it up the little little two story thing, um all of his stuff was powered off like gas canisters that he could get swapped out. He had a bunch of solar panels, all that sort of thing. Um, yet the video also had like a strong divorced dad vibe because mm. <laughs> he was like, I still have teenage sons that want to come and live here. Yet I am maintaining a large property and cars and everything. Uh, despite my sons not living with me the vast majority of the time. Oh, no. So I thought I would transition to this boating lifestyle. Although I think it was just kind of like at a, you know, at a mooring just sort of on a lake. So he couldn't have really taken it anyway. He sure. just lived in it. But still good. Yeah. Being on a boat's just nice. Depending on the boat. Apparently I don't want to disparage. There's a small chance that Chev might listen to this. And like, it is... It is a beautiful boat that is in a very bad state of disrepair. And honestly, getting like any boat that still floats that is big enough to live on for five grand is like insane. Uh, this boat's just cost an insane amount of money. Uh, it's just, it's going to take so much work to repair it. And also I think I had like vaguely traumatizing flashbacks to when we first moved onto the boat when I was a teenager, because like it was also a big piece of shit where there were just like, there are holes in the floor, there are holes in the roof. Everything is just like loose wires dangling out of the ceiling and there's fucking bilge water everywhere. And like, you get used to the filth after a while, but just being back in there, I was just like, oh, God, this is what it's like. <laughs> but uh, I wish him nothing but the best of luck. He just found a replacement uh, for the share house that he was in, and he's about to move onto the boat full time. Doesn't have a toilet. Huh. Hmm. Hmm. Lovely spot on the beautiful Brisbane River, though. Wonderful view of the Story Bridge. Gorgeous. Well, is that where you have to shit? I think that's where he'll be shitting, yeah. Well, all right. Big, big beautiful brown river. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, honestly... <laughs> A turn in the Brisbane River is like a fucking white bird in a blizzard. Never see it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that story is nothing if not a testament to the resale value of a boat. Sure. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. uh, $5,000 for something that you can't do anything with <laughs> and can't really live in either. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's going to give it a red hot go. Good on him. Uh, yeah, we from the from the show. We all wish him the best of luck, and we'll all be chipping in for a nice toilet. Oh, what you've you've met Chev a bunch of times. Yeah, this seems extremely in character for him, right? Like this is yeah. the most Chev thing you could possibly do. Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I assume you didn't act surprised when it happened. Oh no, not at all. No, like, <laughs> okay. Off to pay rent at the <laughs> the parking kiosk. It's very strange. It's like some weird Harry Potter shit. And don't tell me to read another book. But I mean, it's like, it's such a weirdly specific thing to be like, no, this ordinary everyday thing in no specific place is the important one. Baffling. My uh, kids were watching Harry Potter the other night. We put it on for them. And then after a bit, we were like, oh, fuck. These movies are like three hours long. They're so long and there's so many of them. Damn. That's a combined runtime of like fucking 24 hours. Huh. Now, uh, speaking of both boats and scams... Which we love. We love a good scam. 
Um, unless it's really nasty. Yeah, we found <laughs> yeah. the limit. Yeah. What what was what was that limit? It was defrauding. Oh, it's, it's it was defrauding. You don't you don't want to see the old defrauding pensioners. But this one's good. Scams Unless, are good again, baby. Well, hold on. Let me just... Yeah, pension is bad. Um, very wealthy oh. retirees who are trying to turn their many millions of dollars into even more millions of dollars. If they get $100,000 stolen off them, hey, that's, that's just comedy. Uh, so, this was from the New York Times this week. Uh, Steve Bannon has been charged with fraud in We Build the Wall campaign. <laughs> um, I feel like this is pretty... Loosely related to boats, then. So good, so good. Well, well it gets <laughs> quite heavily boat related about halfway through. <clears throat> okay. Um, Stephen K. Bannon, President Trump's former advisor and an architect of his 2016 general election campaign, was charged on Thursday with defrauding donors to a private fundraising effort called "We Build the Wall," which was intended to bolster the president's signature initiative along the Mexican border. <clears throat> I was just thinking about the border wall thing the other day and how, like, um, everything with the, the Trump presidency has been simultaneously ridiculous and predictable. But I, I wonder if maybe, like, the wall is going to be the most sort of perfectly emblematic reminder of his time in office. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, there's just going to be decrepit, like, rundown pieces of it standing in the middle of, like, swampland where... They cut off like two almost extinct populations of things, um, and that'll just be falling down for the next twenty thousand years. Yeah, just just every every now and then, every here and there, just a couple of panels of this thing built by crooked contractors mm-hmm. that he wanted to funnel a bit of money to. Yep. Uh, while insisting the whole time that it was it was pretty much done, you know, it's good to go. Uh, Mr. Bannon, working with a wounded Air Force veteran and a Florida venture capitalist, conspired to cheat hundreds of thousands of donors by falsely promising that their money had been set aside for new sections of wall, according to federal (laughs) indictment unsealed in Manhattan. Hey, would you like to purchase a bit of wall? It's like those scams where they're like, uh, would you like one square meter of the moon? Yes, I certainly would. Please. That would be dope. If you know how to sell us one square meter of moon, (laughs) right into Bunta Vista. I'm also very interested in getting uh, one square meter of land in Scotland that allows me to become uh, a noble of some sort. That would be great as well. I remember those. That one, don't they? (laughs) What about the ones where uh, you get to pay to like name a star? Oh, yeah. And then say that that star is your star? But we've got enough of them, you know, like 400... Billion? Million. Yeah, everyone can have a couple. How many have we got, T-Bird? Yeah, mm. we talking where? All, Here, all of them. in our all galaxy. Oh. It's it's impossible lots. for us to know. Yeah, okay. we don't know. <laughs> I don't think that's true, but... Uh, <laughs> so, so why can't I lay claim to the sun, huh? True. It's just mm. it's just a star, bro. There are so many of them. There's so many and people claiming them. Why can't I hey, point at that one and say it's mine? Quit hogging the sun, bruh. Oh, then you could start charging people for tanning, all kinds of stuff. <laughs> That's my solar radiation, hey. you piece of shit. Yeah, start taking a cut from all the um, solar energy that people generate with their panels. Hey, it's my it's my star God. that I put my name on. You can basically you can charge rent to everyone except uh, the weird worms that live on those volcanic vents at the bottom <laughs> of the ocean. Hmm. They don't need it. No, <laughs> no, they've got it made. <laughs> Oh, to be a weird Hashtag worm. vet life. 
The fundraising effort collected more than $25 million. God, people are wow. chumps. Oh, that owns. <laughs> I mean, so I don't think this is specifically like a right-wing phenomenon either. You know, they'll be like... It's a video of someone at Starbucks being mildly, passively aggressive to someone in a market hat the next day. There'll be a GoFundMe where someone's raised them $50 million. And you're like, okay, we could have maybe like, I don't know, given them $1,000. Citizens healthcare. (laughs) Can I I say something? I don't know if this is contentious or not, but this is how I feel about people on the left wing with the petitions. Uh, Oh, you do that to make yourself feel good. Sign this petition to say, be nice to Puerto Rico. What's yeah. a petition ever done for anybody, really? For fucking any, like, even even ones that go through, like, you know, proper political channels. It's like, we, we have presented you with this petition with two million signatures on yeah. it, asking well, for I this mean, thing. And they go, thank you. And they take it off them and turn around and plonk it straight into the bin. Perfect example. They did exactly that in Queensland for the marijuana laws. Oh, yeah. It was like one of the highest participation rates in a petition in like the state's history. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. And they looked at it and they went, "Uh, we won't be doing that. Oh, my God. And they threw it straight in the bin. The response from the government was amazing. They just said, "Uh, we won't be doing that because weed is illegal. (laughs) Yes. Yes. No, no, no. That's the, oh, God damn it. So good. That's my favorite conservative thing is like. Oh, you're supporting mm. something despite it being against the law? If it was supposed to be legal, wouldn't it be legal right now? <laughs> that's right. <laughs> We're not just going to legalise a crime. That's a crime. That's right. <laughs> Can't make crime legal. What would the world be, you know? But yes, oh, I agree. I love those petitions from like liberals that are just like, petition to say that we think Donald Trump sucks. It's like, oh, fuck, you got but, him. Yeah. <laughs> and it also, it doesn't matter like how... It doesn't matter how legitimate the cause is or how well-intentioned or anything like that. It just it just doesn't fucking mean anything to get like 600,000 signatures on a, a change.org petition, yeah. you know? All you've like, done is generate like several million rows of data in mm-hmm. the change.org oh, database. I mean, and you've is, given your email address. very reductive. Yeah, you've put 6,000 people on a mailing list. That's the productive thing that you've done <laughs> from it. Like, and and please, write into mailbag at buntavista.com, Theo, um, <laughs> if, if you actually have any examples. I'm never going to remember that. <laughs> uh, if you actually have any examples of a time that, like, this had any kind of effect. Because as we all know, I am frequently wrong and perfectly comfortable with being proven to that be wrong. That is true. You're that often is, wrong. <laughs> yeah, the rest of us nail never. it every fucking time. Never. 400 million, 400 billion stars in the galaxy. Who even cares? Yeah, so somebody somebody gets like a viral tweet that has like 195,000 likes and then they go, ah, well, to put some good karma back in the universe, I'm going to thread 20 petitions. All right, now you all have to sign these petitions. Even then, like when they do put put something genuinely good at the bottom, it's amazing. You'll see someone be like, "Uh, stunt on this pussy and it will have (laughs) 250,000 retweets. And then at the bottom, they've been like, please donate to this very important cause and three people will like it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. The algorithm's bad, folks. <sighs> and even even like people doing, um, you know, GoFundMe's and stuff like that. I feel like there's a lot of those that I look at and I go, yeah, that, you, you could be a real person with real problems that need help. And you could be Stephen Bannon making a, <laughs> making a help me fund this fucking thing that I will immediately just stick all of the money into my pocket. Who the fuck knows? Fundraising effort collected more than $25 million 
And prosecutors said Mr. Bannon used nearly $1 million of it for personal expenses. And that's exercising a lot of restraint. Yeah, that's not much. Yeah. A small portion. Free that's Steve. Not Bannon. even half of it. <laughs> Free he's just, Steve. He's just, just taking went, a little bit off the top. Wetting his whistle. Yep. you got to wet your beak. He's got bills. You, you know? have to take care of yourself before you can take care of other people. That is so that's true. so true. Despite the populist aura he tries to project, Mr. Bannon is known to enjoy the high life, and he was arrested at 7.15am on a $35 million, 150-foot yacht belonging to one of his business associates, the fugitive Chinese billionaire Guo Wenggui, <laughs> law enforcement officials said. Fugitive Chinese billionaire. That's pretty cool. Nice. Mm, I like pretty this. cool. I'm just <laughs> getting more and more respect for Stephen Bannon as this story goes on. <laughs> Stealing a million dollars from my idiot political followers while I hang out with my Chinese billionaire fugitive friend on his big ass yacht. I mean, it doesn't necessarily say that Guo Wengi was on the boat at the time, which is even better. You're just hanging out on your friend's super yacht you couldn't possibly afford. We were um we were talking on the most recent bonus episode about uh, super yacht influencer Rafael mm. Nadal and his new um, like 80 foot catamaran which was gigantic and absolutely absurd and seemed to cost somewhere in the realms of like 10 to 15 million Australian dollars. Imagine what a 35 million US dollar 150 foot yacht is like. Very good is my assumption. Probably, probably nice. nicer to live on than Chev's boat. I'm going to say <laughs> yes. There are mm. probably 10 toilets on that super yacht. Working with the Coast Guard, special agents from the United States Attorney's Office in Manhattan, and federal postal inspectors. Mm. God, what an image. I fucking love how America has just like all these, obviously don't love, love it, but like they have all these weird subsidiary police, like law enforcement things. Like in Australia, you know, park rangers are technically law enforcement officers because they can do whatever. But like in America, Amtrak has a police force. Mm. Train cops. It's very cars. bad. <laughs> it's very bad. Like we we all saw during um, all the BLM protests how they would just have these like unmarked oh, miscellaneous federal agents turn up and yeah. they're like, "Who the fuck are these people?" And they're like, "Oh, they're from the prisons bureau." Yeah, here's a bunch yeah. of corrections officers kitted out like a SWAT team. Awesome. With no ID on them or anything. Um, and who was the other one? The, there was another... They brought in um, H- Homeland Security as well. And... But just, Do they just have ones... ICE agents? Were they using ICE agents for yeah, the fucking protests? All, all kinds of things. But it was obvious from some of them that they were just like, hey, we are a department that doesn't actually have a reason to have this type of thing. Like the Prisons Bureau, where it's like, surely if you are operating like a state prison and something happens that requires, like, a fucking SWAT team, you get the state police and their SWAT team to come and do it. If it is a federal thing that requires, like, a military-grade response, I am given to understanding that the federal government of the United States has actually put a bit of money aside for the military. Just a little. So the idea that, like, you you should be spending all this money on kitting out and training, like, fucking military forces for the prisons... So that you get to these situations where they're like, oh, fuck, yes, yes, this is it. Please, please put us in. Tag me in. I think, uh, I think Andrew, you might also be have been referring to um, the, the border police in Portland. Um, they were quite active on Twitter for a bit. And everyone's like, where's the fucking border? 
Yeah. But of course, America being the cool land that it is, um, anywhere within 100 miles, I believe, of the ocean yes. is in uh, the Border Police's oh my God. jurisdiction. Good Lord. So, just have a little chew on that one. I'm assuming and, the same for the southern border as well. Yes, that something along those lines. But, but yeah, in, in Portland, which is absolutely nowhere near any other country apart from the United States... They're I'm like, assuming... protesters Sorry. were throwing caltrops at our fucking APCs. Mm. You should feel bad. <laughs> I assume in this case, when we say federal postal inspectors, we are all picturing uh, people in the short shorts and the long grey socks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Boarding and then starting to like pick up evidence and put it into their mail sack. Square hat brim. They got yep. those uh, little vans where the steering wheel's on the wrong side and there are no doors. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, federal postal inspectors boarded the yacht. The official said that Mr. Bannon 66 was on deck drinking coffee and reading a book. Oh, okay. Occurred. That book was, of course, a uh, dual combined edition of The Art of War and Mein Kampf. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know what he was reading. I feel like that's an important piece of information here. The eat, pray, love. <laughs> I feel like there are a lot of books out there that would be like a perfect match-up, mashup between like his, his particular interests. Uh, clear and present Hitler. <laughs> so, uh, at a brief arraignment on Thursday, Mr. Bannon, sunburned and his hair unbrushed. <laughs> what a lovely little detail to throw in there. Taking like, that you, down. You don't have to... You could probably just say, Mr. Bannon, looking like he normally does, which is like absolute fucking like dog shit. shit. Looks like shit at all times. Oh, my God. Like, if at some point he came out and was like, hey, please stop saying all this stuff about me. I have an autoimmune disease. He'd be like... Oh, but it's nothing. He's just a guy who is just, just something like has shit. gone wrong. Yeah, and rich people have no excuse for not looking great all of the mm-hmm. time. No, he should have like the blood of, you know, 16-year-olds being pumped into him like every day to keep him vital. And instead, hmm. you know, looks like he's falling apart. Like if you touched him too hard, part of his cheek would fall off. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just thinking of uh, anybody. Anybody watch that new horror movie, Relic? No, no. no. I have watched the '90s horror movie, Relic, though. That is not the same thing. No, nope. uh, this one is much more like uh, Ari Aster's Hereditary. Oh Seems yeah, taking a lot of a lot of cues from that, but it's um elevated. It's elevated not for me. Horror. I don't Australian. like that kind of elevated horror. So, uh, I like my horror simple. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, there is there is a bit of the kind of touching someone in their skin falling off kind oh. of vibe in that movie, and that is what uh, Steve Bannon gives me the gives me the feeling of. You know, mm. imagine you lean you lean in and deeply kiss Steve Bannon, mm. <laughs> running your fingers through his hair as a whole patch of his scalp comes away in your hand. It's like the first half of Brain Dead, where they're still pretending that the family is alive. Yeah, yeah. But, like, they're clearly just falling apart. Yeah, uh, like, big, uh, big patches of their bodies just, like, falling into their dinner. Yeah, that scene where his, his mother's ear slides mm-hmm. off into a soup. So good. <laughs> Before anyone yells at us, we do think he's a bad person also. Yeah. It's not yes. because that he looks disgusting. No, it's just because he looks disgusting. I support his <laughs> actions. It's, uh, it's legal to look like shit, but... So, you know, he's going off on it, basically. It is It is interesting that they note this as opposed to the fact that he, he does just always look like shit. Yeah. He looks like a man who does enjoy the high life. A little uh, too much. Hmm. <clears throat> uh, 
Uh, he pleaded guilty. Oh, sorry. He pleaded not guilty. Big, oh. <laughs> big difference. Big oversight. Of, of the different guilty, ways you can Guilty, I mean, not guilty. <laughs> Damn. Um, he pleaded not guilty to charges of wire fraud conspiracy and money laundering conspiracy, each of which carries a maximum penalty of 20 years in prison. The government agreed to release him from custody on a $5 million bond. It'd be nice. You could just get your fugitive Chinese billionaire friend to pay for it. Come on, mate. Can you spot us $5 million? Come on. I'll pay you just back. A, just a fiver. <laughs> just a cheeky fiver. <laughs> so according to authorities, Mr. Bannon hatched the plot to defraud the donors with three other men. Brian Colfage, a 38-year-old Air Force veteran and triple amputee from Miramar Beach, Florida. Andrew Badolato, 56, a venture capitalist from Sarasota, Florida. And Timothy Shea, 49, of Castle Rock, Colorado. Um, when you're a venture capitalist, do you really need to do conspiracies to steal like a couple of million dollars from well, some roots? Well, same thing, same thing with Steve Bannon, right? So he is already independently wealthy, right? So I believe somewhat through the syndication of Seinfeld. Um, uh-huh. And for me, that would be it. Unless defrauding uh, the stupidest people in America is sort of just like a hobby for him. Cherry on the Sunday. I guess you got to entertain yourself somehow when you got all that money. You That's know? right. Got to get your kicks. Uh, so the other guys were arrested in Florida on Thursday, and Mr. Shea, who prosecutors said funneled money for the group through a shell company he owned, was arrested in Denver. Uh, Mr. Colfage created We Build the Wall as a GoFundMe page in December 2018. It was an immediate success, raising nearly $17 million in its first week online. That in itself is just so funny. Mm. It's, it's so pathetic. It's very pathetic. Um, Andrew, now that we're talking about Mr. Colfage, I have linked a little video in the, in the show. I'm wondering whether it's just 20 seconds long. I'm wondering whether you can hit the play button on that bad boy. I can probably do that. Welcome back. This is Stephen K. Bannon. We're off the uh, coast of Saint-Tropez in uh, southern France in the Mediterranean. We're on the million-dollar yacht of Brian Colfage. And uh, Brian Colfage, he took all that money from Build the Wall. No, we're actually in Sunland Park, New Mexico. See, you mm. probably shouldn't say that. <laughs> Of things you should say if you don't want to be caught and arrested for your fraud. Just kidding. We're absolutely not siphoning cash from it. Do we tell them? Or, no, don't worry about it. Oh, we're not gonna. We're not gonna tell them that. That's pretty good. That is pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, seventeen million dollars in its first week, and like once again, I don't. I know that we all really puzzle at the psychology of, like, the Trump voter who, you know, has been fired from their job or hasn't seen a pay rise in 20 years. Any of these things, um, you know, no healthcare, no financial security, who looks at people like Stephen Bannon and goes, huh, here's this guy. guy off the mm. south of France on a million dollar yacht and he's asking me to send him money. This would Doesn't really show them. Doesn't puzzle me anymore. I've just realized how much America is just the American psyche is that of a cuck. <laughs> like, <laughs> just the, the kind of things cuck that you nation. see Americans say about just, you know, just they love getting walked all over. They yeah. live for it. Do you think, like, um, you know the you know the phrase, uh, all Americans are temporarily embarrassed millionaires mm. Mm -hmm. um, about the the American dream that uh, 
while it's supposed to be the country that is the land of opportunity and everything, it means that everybody is thinking of themselves as just on the cusp yeah, of that success. They're not like a poor person because they're a hard worker and blah, blah, blah. All the things that they have, because it's a meritocracy. They have all the qualities that would make them a rich person. Uh, they just, for some reason, it's not happened yet. But they're not like the other kind of filthy poor people, you know? But, but I, but I don't I think even know if they other... believe that. I feel like they just... You know, they look at someone like Jeff Bezos and they genuinely think, well, he he earned that. He deserves that. Well, that's that's kind of what I'm saying. I think that like um I think that you can see it in other aspects of the country and its industries too in things like um things like, you know, LA, uh, a city where some some reasonable segment of the population would have moved there with the intention of I'm going to become a big star in Hollywood. Not like all these other people who are trying to do it. Mm. I'm going to do it. I'm going to spend five years or 10 years or 15 years waiting tables and trying to get auditions and everything. But, but and then I, I'm the one. I served Brian De Palma. Served Brian De Palma one time. <laughs> he hears my extremely good Italian accent and I've got it made. Yeah. I'm shooting into stardom. But but again, it's this whole thing of like your your life can really not be going the way that you want it to. But as long as you can say to yourself, hey, any minute now, any minute now, my train's coming in, you know. Yeah. And it means that you will look at people like Stephen Bannon and Jeff Bezos and all these other people and say, yeah, there's someone who made it. And that's what I want to be. So criticizing them and and looking at them poorly would be like... It would be like speaking poorly of my future self. Mm, true. You know, I don't want to do that. Boosting and that's why I'm sending my entire paycheck to build the wall. <laughs> oh, good Lord. And also it doesn't even make sense. Like uh, it's this, this is definitely one that only makes any form of sense in the context of I am doing this because I want to make libs mad. I want to make left wing people mad because like what, what more... What what more position of power does the right need to occupy in terms of getting this done as a particular thing? They have all the resources of America's federal government. They could say, we're going to put 5% of the defense budget this year to just knock on this wall thing over. You know, they got the money, they got the resources. But it the, is just the swamp in, that won't let them do it. The deep state won't let them the do deep it. Deep state. Mm, the left wing actually run everything. Hmm. But it is also, like, the wall in and of itself is also just, it's almost, like, physically impossible to do, right? It's the dumbest idea that has ever been talked about in world history. Yeah, so so it either can be done or it can't be done. And if it can be done, they should have been able to do it with the resources and the political will available, all that sort of thing. And if it can't be done, why the fuck are you giving them money to keep doing it? Absolutely absurd. <clears throat> but don't worry, they got some foolproof shit going on here besides going on film and saying, we stole the money for a yacht. Uh, to persuade potential donors to contribute to the effort, prosecutors said, Mr. Colfage promised them that he would, quote, not take a penny in salary or compensation, and that all of the money he raised would be used, quote, in the execution of our mission and purpose. Uh, you probably shouldn't have put that in writing. Probably not. If you were going to take all the money. You know? According to the indictment, Mr. Bannon described We Build the Wall as a, quote, volunteer organization. <laughs> mm-hmm. As a new volunteer to give us money. <laughs> <laughs> 
But all of that was false, prosecutors said, meanly. Instead, they claimed, <laughs> Mr. Colfage secretly took more than $350,000 in donations and spent it on home renovations, boat payments, a luxury SUV, a golf cart, jewelry, and cosmetic surgery. He's getting their big naturals I'm, put in. I'm very curious about that last one because Same. I, I can wish they'd gone into more detail because there's a chance here that by cosmetic surgery, this is a man who is a triple amputee veteran from mm. Iraq. I don't know if maybe he had some sort of that like there's a chance maybe he had burns or something that he was getting uh-huh. addressed with cosmetic surgery or he was getting lip fillers done. Hopefully the latter. I hope it's the latter. <laughs> the latter is much funnier. I hope he has so. a big juicy rack and big mm-hmm. juicy lips. He's got those the grafts you get put in your ass. Uh and he's rolling around looking hot as fuck. Let's hope uh, so. And also he's going to prison. Yes, he's going to look yes. hot as fuck in prison. <laughs> uh, the golf cart is... How much <laughs> does a golf funny. cart cost? Just in terms of like... A, a luxury SUV and a golf cart. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I've don't. i never Maybe tried to buy a golf cart. I've never considered it. It's like a steering rack, some plastic, and a little electric motor and some batteries. There's not much to it. Oh, I bet like a lot of things you can make it as expensive as you like. You sure. Know, the, maybe the kinds of people who think that golf is like a cool luxury sport like donald trump he clearly thinks that it is the sport of kings mm-hmm. uh, and there's nothing golf cooler so than stupid i'm anti-golf nothing Sorry. cooler than being at the clubhouse um all that kind of stuff so i bet that there are people who would be perfectly happy to sell you a golf cart for 20 or thirty thousand dollars oh my god i'm looking i'm looking at golf carts on gumtree right now on mm-hmm. gumtree yeah uh Some second hand 1900 ones. bucks <laughs> this is awesome. Nineteen hundred bucks here for an easy go electric golf cart. Uh has rear box batteries, only twelve months old. Running slowly and forwards actually goes a tiny bit quicker in reverse. Well, that's <laughs> that's a bit of an added bonus, really, uh, isn't it? This one seller is selling a bunch of other ones as well, and it looks like the standard price range for a second hand good quality golf cart, you're looking at about five, six grand. These are actually pretty cheap, some of these. I Just get a car. Just drive a car down the course. If I spent $1,500 on a golf cart, it will have cost me three times as much as my car. I probably shouldn't get a golf cart. Just get a golf cart instead. Yeah, it's true. See if I can trade in the Falcon for like a little Mm -hmm. two-seat golf cart. (laughs) Get it road registered. Well, how far is your house from the pub? Oh, It's a seven-minute walk, so I'm going to say that's like a a two-minute golf cart ride. Yeah, see? Don't have to pay for rego? Yeah. Just stay on the footpath. Doing the start of LA story, just going through people's backyards every day, waving at them. (laughs) Good movie. Great movie. Wonderful movie. Watch the movie LA Story. Uh, Mr. Vanham, working through an unnamed non-profit organization, received more than $1 million from We Build the Wall, prosecutors said, some of which he used to pay off hundreds of thousands of dollars in personal expenses. Beautiful. Now that's a classic That's a feel-good story. (laughs) You can do anything if you put your mind to it. Guess so. Classic the American story. dream is real. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you can find someone to, you know, find someone to sign up for it, give you their paycheck for something. What's that expression? Not, not a that fool and his money are soon paying for your boat. <laughs> this right. is this is like a this is the political version of the snake oil salesman, isn't it? 
hey, some nondescript thing that will render some type of benefit for you. It will cure all, you all your ills. If we put the wall up, uh, suddenly you will be able to afford your diabetes medication. Mm-hmm. Society will be better. Everyone will be safer. At least no lips one... will be triggered. Yep, it's everyone will be again. <laughs> <laughs> your wife will come back. Yep. Be allowed to see your kids. Hi, everybody. It's me. It's Theo. Now, I guarantee you I'm more afraid of recording this promo than you are of listening to it, so hear me out. If you haven't already, maybe check out our Patreon. It's a great way to support the show, and it gives us the ability to actually dedicate time to this thing. You'll get all of our bonus episodes. That's over 300 extra episodes in total. And we'll set up a feed over there with none of these promos, so you won't have to hear this ever again. You'll also get access to our Discord, uh, which honestly has turned into a, a nice and funny place full of mostly normal people to hang out with. So that's patreon.com slash Vista. Check it out. Well, things are not going well for Steve Bannon, and um, so... <laughs> <laughs> uh, go on. <laughs> Things are not going that well for Steve Bannon, and Lucy has just <laughs> informed us that things are starting to not go so well for her in quarantine. Uh, given that it is a two-week confinement to a hotel room, mm-hmm. and she did just say to us before we started that uh, now a weekend, and it's starting to lose some of its shine. It sure is. <laughs> <laughs> you leading somewhere with this, or we just want to <laughs> talk about my misery? No, yeah, no, I'm, I'm going somewhere with it. <laughs> Uh, so you had also told us that you had been watching a lot of Australian TV. Oh, in sure have. And you had been. Uh, I think the way that you put it was, I have been away for two years, and I have come back, and it is all exactly the same people on it's television. All Husey all day long. All Husey, all Pete Hellier laughing at his own jokes. Mm-hmm. God, every motherfucker on Australian TV just has that like um, morning radio host. Energy, they really and do, I, huh? I don't care for it. Well, because you know that everybody who is on like any type of TV show that we make, which is just variety shows, panel shows, uh, and I guess dramas that are some spin on Sea Change or whatever. Mm-hmm. But every everybody who's been on any of the former two has also done some stints hosting, like the the breakfast radio thing of Triple M. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so they all they all have the same thing, which is like the whole time you're talking, you have to be half laughing to indicate to the audience how funny this whole thing is. We're having a good time. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh boy! So amongst the shows on Australian TV that we look at and go, "Huh," there is uh, the Masked Singer. <sighs> I'm so happy about this because uh, me and Jesse watch the American version all the time. So, so hold on. What what kind of celebrities do you get in the American version? Because I've seen a little bit of... I've seen like some of the reveals of the British Some one. of them I have no idea who they are in America. But in general, they're like bigger celebrities. Are they, are they like Nick Lachey? Like that yeah, type of... Yeah, they're like that level of celebrity. There was someone where you would go, oh yeah, you were... You were doing a thing. They're generally bigger, but so I, we used to watch the, like, I tried to watch some of the Australian ones as well, and we watched a bunch of the reveals, and Jesse would, like, turn to me confused, and then I would be like, I don't I don't know. I don't know who that is. <laughs> like That's Marsha Hines' daughter. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, there was like nobody. <laughs> I remember seeing this, like, because they were fucking making me write about a fucking pedestrian when I was there, uh, that the... Uh, 
there was a reveal where it turned out that the parrot was Brett Lee. Yes, that was the only good one. And I- Lindsay Lohan was on the panel and had to be like, oh my God, it's <laughs> yeah. Brett Lee. <laughs> He's like, you don't fucking know who Brettley is. There's not a chance in the world. That's the only one that excited me. And oh. husband of the show, Jesse, was like, who is that? And I was like, it's fucking Brettley. Are you kidding me? Um, my no, my wife was on... Wheat wheat Picks ads? You freak? <laughs> you idiot. My wife made some kind of comment about this on Twitter and somebody replied to her saying, oh, my um my son like really loves The Masked Singer and he makes the whole family watch it together. And I asked, has he recognized a single one of the celebrities? And she was like, absolutely not. Has no idea who any of them are. So this one is, um, this one is hosted by Lindsay Lohan, who is continuing her like decade long uh, streak of slumming it. Is she still on this season? I haven't seen her. I thought she was only on the last one. Uh, so yeah, she, she was unable to come to Melbourne to take part in the program mm. and she had been replaced by a new panelist, comedian Azilla Carlson. That's right. The <laughs> Azilla <laughs> Carlson. What a get. I guess it's probably Ursula, isn't it? Oh, Ursula? Yeah. I literally texted my mum the other day being like, who's that? Who's hmm. this lady? She's on everything now. But other than that, we are hosted by, uh, Danny Minogue. Dave Hughes and radio presenter Jackie O. <laughs> Australian <sighs> fucking, it's just like. It's like I never it's, left. It's the most cannibalistic, incestuous media pit. market in the world. We have 10 people and they are on, like, Hughesy, I assume, is hopping between, like, some fucking. Uh, like he's doing four hours of radio a day. He's doing four hours of this show. He's on one of the like Amazon original comedian challenge shows, I assume. Then he's on some fucking late night panel, and then he's a he's a pop in guest for the project. Like, are they just not paying Husey enough? I feel like he should be making enough money from just one of these. I think uh, he is in it for the love of being on the worst <laughs> shit in the world. Dave Hughes, this currently, uh, Dave Hughes co-hosts Husey and Ed. With Ed Cavalier on the Hit Network, still can't believe Ed Cavalier has become like he was always a. No I will only ever know him as a guy who was, you know, in Thank God You're Here, how they had like the backup people, the people that would be the other characters in the scene that weren't. Mm-hmm. He was one of those people, and that is all I will ever know him as. It just—it's very strange. Oh yeah, I guess I guess I kind of recognize him. I don't want to. Also, we have to, as always, talking about Dave Hughes. Uh, as much as we talk Friend a lot of, of shit show. about him, he was very kind <laughs> in helping us raise a lot of money for charity. So, God bless you, Hoosie. If that's what makes you happy, good on you. Happy birthday. Good on you. <laughs> I don't think there's any danger of him hearing any of this. So <laughs> Maybe he I became think, a I think fan. we're safe. So Maybe he, you know, he, after the whole thing, he... Uh, he just decided to get really, really into the podcast. Who knows? If you are Dave Hughes specifically, <laughs> email us at whatever the email was. I will pay you $20, Dave Hughes. If you contact us, I'll send you 20 bucks. I'm just trying to figure out how many days a week he does his, uh, he does his radio show. But um, So, he, he hosts a radio show. He also hosts Hughesy We Have a Problem on Network 10. Mm-hmm. Great, and man. and he is a guesser 
on the Masked Singer Australia. Is that what they call the panelists? Guesses? Yeah, they just sit there and guess who everyone is. It's an absolutely wild concept for a TV show. I mean, it's Australia. You could run through pe- three people. You go, it's Magnus Bansky. No. Okay. It's Greta <laughs> Clean. No. All right. Uh, it's one of the people from Degeneration. Correct. Goddamn. So the news that we're getting to, right? The what? <laughs> there is some news, right? No, I just wanted to talk about Just want to talk about the Masked Singer. <laughs> Production of reality TV show The Masked Singer Australia has been suspended in Melbourne after a crew member tested positive for COVID-19, forcing mm. the cast and crew into isolation. Uh, instead of Masked Singer, it should have been Masked Crew Members. Oh, that's pretty good. Damn. Oh. <laughs> Is it, Lucy? I appreciate that. <laughs> Not it's getting the same one. response from everyone else, but... Wow. Everybody really, really left me out to dry on nematode apple. <laughs> Are you still angry about that? <laughs> it's gnawing a hole in my stomach. It's... The Channel 10 TV show, which pits masked celebrities against each other in a singing competition films in Melbourne. Yeah, I feel like um, that's not really pitting them against each other. If There's no, like, tridents involved. Yeah, like, mm. I want to see them uh, in one hand is a spear and one hand is a net. They're wearing a sort of leather diaper, uh, and they're fighting each other in a sandy pit. Now, that's TV. Oh, my God. <laughs> Sorry. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm looking at... What's going on over here? I'm looking at um, the controversy segment of the Wikipedia. <laughs> oh, fuck off. No, this in is going to be In October 2019, American band Hallocene claimed that the program had stolen, note for note, beat for beat, their arrangement oh, of Bad Guy right. by Billie Eilish. Wow. Which, which the lion sang during the third episode. <sighs> and the lion, of course, was Kate Sobrano. Fucking one of so, the ten yeah. singers we Kate, have. She, she's already... She's a celebrity for being a singer. That doesn't... Yeah, they have these. Cheating. They have real singers on there. That's and then not, they also have people like the Ninja. So I... This also fucking happened while I was working at Pedestrian and I had to look into this. And, like, the band that claimed... Uh, that they ripped her them off, which I mean, if you listen to both of them, you're like, oh, okay, that's actually kind of fair. Uh, they are, I, the, it is the strangest, weirdest phenomenon of a band I've ever seen, where they exist only as a band for YouTube. Like they are trying to have a viral sort of YouTube channel thing. Oh, this is you know, mm. like like Pentatonics or. I don't know what that is. Uh, like an yeah. acapella group. Um, or, um, or Is it like Walk Off the Earth or something like that? Don't know Ooh. what that is either. Uh, but like that, it's all covers. Like it's all... Yeah. They right. arrange popular covers in this really bad like radio rock way, but with yeah. like auto-tune and fucking all and that. acoustic guitars, the worst combination. Oh, it's so fucking bad. I just watched a bunch of their videos because I hate myself and I was enjoying wasting time more than working. Uh, and it is just the most sickeningly like they are they are competent musicians in that they can play their instruments quite well, but it is just like soulless, just absolutely fucking nothing. Like it is just so hollow-eyed and artistically fucking bankrupt that I it it disgusted me, and I'd forgotten about it until right now, and now I'm mad again. Cool, thanks. I'm mad because I can't remember the name of a YouTube band that I was thinking of. And it's gonna important stuff. It's gonna bother me now. Um, no, it was just funny because it was a, a, exactly the kind of band we're talking about. 
uh, where it was a, a guy and a girl and they just did, they did that, um, remember for ages there where it was popular to go like, here's a rap song, but we're doing it like it's acoustic or mm. swing or so <laughs> something much. like that. Very bad. It was, yeah, it was that kind of thing. And then the girl like disappeared for a while and she came back uh, doing like a solo thing, except that she had gone the full kind of... Uh, hey, um, suddenly I'm using bronzer that is like eight shades darker on my whole body and putting in big hoop earrings and using a ton of black backup dancers. And like, it was very, very bad. And I can't remember the name of it. So, um, of course, we're all asking ourselves, who were the winners? Who were the winners of the Australian season of The Masked Singer? And of course, third place singing as monster was georgie gochlin colon Hmm? georgie colon georgina colon Uh, colon what (sighs) (laughs) sure who else we got uh runner-up was rob millsy mills as wolf it's millsy uh, once again, as you said, Theo, just a singer. <laughs> just already a singer. Not really a celebrity. And that, of course, was the guy who came second place in the first. Not even se- second. Millsy oh. came like fourth or fifth. Wasn't he famous for something else? He had sex with Paris Hilton. That's the thing. Good uh-huh. on him. I was going to say, our other celebrities are just Australian Idol runner- runners up. God damn. It's just, even reading the Wikipedia entries of Australian celebrities is so sad. Depressing. So who won? Uh, the winner, of course, was the Cody Simpson. Codes. That's right. Yep. I know the... that's a teenager of some kind, right? It is, <laughs> he's not the guy that had the party? No. <laughs> that is... He's not Corey. Corey. That was Corey Worthington. <laughs> and that really just speaks to the depth of Australian celebrities, that I could just say <laughs> that sentence and Can have three people know. just nod and go, oh, no, oh, no, Mr. you Corey Worthington. Yeah. <laughs> I remember I remember the teenager who threw a big party and became a celebrity. Americans know about Corey Worthington and I think that's great. <laughs> <laughs> Cody Simpson is an Australian singer, songwriter, dancer, actor and model. He was born in 1997, which doesn't seem possible. Oh God, no, that would make not, him uh, It's not a man. Uh, 8 years old. He has he has <laughs> released 3 solo studio albums. 2012's oh. Paradise 2013's Surfer's Paradise. <laughs> oh, no. This country Sorry. fucking sucks, man. Really going back to the same well. <laughs> Sorry to Cody Simpson. He's probably very talented. Oh, and of course, he's someone who became famous from doing soft-ass covers of songs in his bedroom and putting them on YouTube. So he's our Justin, Justin Bieber, I guess. God damn. Oh, I'm looking up Cody since... Wasn't he dating Miley Cyrus? Did He's I just apparently make dating up? Miley Cyrus. He was Cyrus. dating Miley Cyrus, all right. Good on him also, I He's a very Australian-looking man, I'll say that. <laughs> so, it turns out everybody who's been on the show is going to die, I guess. You know? Yep. That sucks. R.I.P. to Husey. Yep. Production of The Masked Singer has been immediately suspended as a result of a crew member receiving a positive test for COVID-19, a statement from the show's Twitter account said. The entire production team, including The Masked Singers, the host, and panelists are now in self-isolation. They are all being monitored closely and are in constant contact with medical authorities. Constant 24-hour-a-day contact with medical (laughs) authorities. 
So what are you doing now? Oh, mm. not much. Just yeah. watching no, TV. No, you hang up. I, I can't hang up. Just a, a I'm webcam. I'm legally not allowed. <laughs> webcam pointed at you while you sleep. Everybody keep it down. We do hope that they don't die of COVID. That sucks. Yeah, we wouldn't yeah, wish that on anyone except the few people that we've wished it on in the course of <laughs> the pandemic. <laughs> oh, dear. It had already been uh, going without a studio audience for its second season. Um, but under Victoria's Stage 4 restrictions, most news and media outlets are deemed essential services. If we I don't, don't have the masked singer... I've got to have my masked singer or else I'll get scurvy. Oh, fuck, there's God. a bit in fucking Danger 5 where... The, like the world's monuments are disappearing. They're like, well, if all the monuments go, there'll be no reason for people to not kill themselves, which is, I assume, how most Australians feel about all these shitty TV shows. Mm-hmm. We must have the masked singer. Or else why would I be here on this earth? If I can't watch a local family watch the masked singer on Gogglebox, <laughs> I will what top myself. Is... No, I don't, no, I don't even want to get into that. I'm, I'm going to choose to keep Gogglebox as a thing that I don't know anything about and don't understand. And that's it's fine, fine, actually. It's fine. It's like watching a TV show with your friends or listening to a podcast. Like, oh, no. Fuck. Yikes. <laughs> Gogglebox, no, but, but Wouldn't it be now. like if you were listening to a podcast of someone listening to a podcast and be like, <laughs> oh, I liked that part. <laughs> Which is what I assume all of yeah, you, the listener, are doing right now while you're listening in your car. <laughs> so imagine like somebody's listening nice. to you guys in the car. Punch it up a little. Make it funny, you know? Yeah. God almighty. What a media landscape. Unbelievable to think that Australia's thriving media landscape has uh-huh. been cut down like this. Oh. Please fund the arts instead of the masked singer. <laughs> <laughs> it is the arts. Oh, God. Well, the uh, hopefully, all... one of the people that worked as a crew member on this show in 15 years will be able to make an extremely bleak movie about suburban Australians doing hard drugs <laughs> uh, with the skills they learned while doing this, working as a cameraman. Well, the other kind of thing we have. The other kind That's of it. Australian Those art. two mm-hmm. things. Screen <laughs> Australia gives you $50,000. You have to put Kate Blanchett in the movie. It's got to be gritty. It's got to be so gritty. And the ending <laughs> just has to make you feel like absolute fucking shit. Or it's a movie called Regular Toilet Bloke. <laughs> and it's about a regular guy who's in the toilet industry. His nickname is Dunny. Um, although I was... What, are you familiar with uh, the Red Letter Media guys? Yes. yes. I am. Everybody. They are at mm-hmm. times good. Yeah. Mm. Um, I was watching their review of aforementioned Australian film, Relic, and Mike mentioned a thing which I, I guess I hadn't really considered from the Australian perspective because they review movies for a living, so they got to go and watch all kinds of shit. And um, he was saying, you know, he looked at the reviews for it and the reviews were either uh, glowing and, and very, very five-star or there were people saying terrible absolutely dreadful and he was like good because it means that they're actually trying to do something you know if um if half the people like it and the other half fucking hate it and it's divisive at least it means that there's something interesting happening uh and then he started watching it and it came up with the screen uh, screen australia presents thing and he went yes that's good because unlike all of the movies that you see that are like the umpteenth entry in a franchise or something where they've said, hey, we're going to reboot this thing or, 
you know, we we have received money from someone to make an Angry Birds movie or whatever it might be. It was like something where you had to get a grant from the Australian government or the New Zealand government or the British government or whatever to make a movie required somebody to actually put effort into getting it made. They had to say, this is a passion project for me. This is a thing that I really care about happening. And I have to put a bunch of stuff together and make a case for it and actually win funding for a thing. Uh, and that usually means that the people involved are actually passionate about what they're doing. And I went, yeah, hmm. I think that's fair. That is fair. Uh, so Relic, check it out. And then write to me personally and let me know what you thought of the ending. Hmm. Now, I, I know we're running a little bit over time here. Mm. Do you think we maybe have time for one more story? Hammer it out. Go straight into it. Country roads take me home to the place I belong. Winter is love, corner, rubber crabs, sit my dick. It's Nature Corner with the theme sung by our beautiful subscribers and patrons. Uh, we love to hear it. Especially the part about having a robber crap snip our uh, dicks. It, a lot of people that I would say if we had to have a, a frequently asked questions section of a, on our website, <laughs> mm -hmm. um, mm. that would be the most frequently asked question. To me, it's perfectly intelligible. I heard it the first time and I thought, <laughs> beautiful. Uh, yeah. But yeah, a lot of people in the Discord, new people joined up and they say, somebody tell me, what is that last line? Robber crab snipped my dick. We're all in there. Of course, if you are not familiar with the dreaded robber crab, please Google it. Uh, hopefully think about it snipping your dick. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hopefully it will be standing near something for scale. Oh, it's always the one picture. You Google uh, coconut crab or picture. robber crab, and it is the one that is on an American metal-style trash can, uh, and it looks fucking horrifying. <laughs> it's awful. It's an awful beast. It's a horrible creature. God's biggest mistake. That I respect and love <laughs> and think that I should maybe worship it as some form of God. Uh, and, of course, they're called robber crabs because they steal things and run away with them. And that's pretty funny. <laughs> Run seems like a very evocative <laughs> word to use for what a crab does. <laughs> Gallop <Woo> away. <laughs> so this is from the ABC. Um, a very sad story. <laughs> Oh, you can't say very sad story and then Don't laugh. Don't do that, Andrew. Fish launches into boat off Darwin, killing 56-year-old man, Northern Territory Police say. It is sad. It's But tragic. it's also weird. Very weird. I hope if I died this way, someone would find a little bit of joy in it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Lucy. Jeez. <laughs> a 56-year-old man has died in Darwin after being struck in his chest by a fish while on a fishing boat. Now, like, when I, when I think of a fish hitting someone and doing them a harm, I always think of um, the TV show I Should Be Dead. Is that what it's called? I am not familiar with that no program. No idea what you're talking about. Uh, I, th I, th I think I, I Should Be Dead, is that what it's called? Hmm. Or like, uh, you know, I shouldn't have survived or something like that. Right. The reality TV show where uh, where people tell their weird stories of a thing happening to them. And I always remember um, this lady who was on like a charter fishing boat and 
they pulled in like a swordfish or a marlin and it came like jumping over the side of the boat um hit her in the chest with its long uh sword nose and she had implants and it like punctured one of her implants, oh, pushed it between her ribs and oh, into her chest cavity. No. Jesus Christ. Uh, but she was fine. <laughs> okay, that's good to know. After a while, well, maybe. But this is the thing. It always, it kind of ruins the stories when they're there telling you about them. Because you know they're, they're alive. Like, yeah, they didn't And die. it's on a show yeah. called I Should Be Dead, But I Am Not Dead, despite the story I am about to tell you. Um... But this is not what happened in this case. This man had been fishing with family and friends on Darwin Harbour on Friday when he was, quote, struck in his chest by a large fish which launched itself into the boat. Sounds kind of predatory. It does. Of the fish. Local fisherman said he understood the fish was an 18 kilogram mackerel. Oh, my God. Damn me. Big fucking fish. Big fish we are in, terrifying. We took a scombroid mackerel or normal? Oh, for fuck's sake, Theo. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Quotes from reports, it was like an 18 kilo mackerel. So it would have been a big fish that speared right into this guy and caused major blood force trauma, James Crane said. Not to be confused with James Rain. Interesting. So he says speared right into this guy, Mm -hmm. which to me uh, is a, so it's a forward trajectory of the fish, right? Head first. When I picture someone being hit by a fish, I am picturing uh, it, being sort of orthogonal to the man. Yeah. You're being yeah. slapped by the Slapping side of the him. fish. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. Instead, it is launched itself directly at him. He says, it sounded pretty horrible to have happened, but it does happen. It Oof. sounds like it. He's making it sound like it happens more than it does. Yeah. That's yeah. What I, I don't mean. think this happens yeah. that It often. does happen, but like not, not often. Hmm. Not a lot. This is why we should fear the ocean. This exactly. is why. <laughs> and big fish especially. Unnatural, terrifying creatures. Full of monsters. They are monsters. Andrew, have you been to the Canberra Aquarium? Ye- yes. There's some fucking big fish in there. There's yeah, some the big like ass groupers. Giant, um, groupers? Mm-hmm. They've got like a like a gigantic John Dory uh, that just swims up to the glass and stares at you. Just enormous. Eyes. Just dead-eyed too. Yep, they got some stuff you're allowed to touch. They got the little monkeys that look like Elvis. Mm-hmm. It's pretty good. It's good. Except for zoos being a terrible prison. Except for the fish, you you should keep. You should keep there. them away from us in general. Lock up as many marine animals as you can. Yes, folks. absolutely. <laughs> uh, police say uh, the man died at Cullen Bay despite paramedics who administered CPR. Quote, this appears to be a freak incident, which is hugely distressing for the people in the boat and other family and friends of the man. Oh, the not wrong. Said. Yes. Oh. Pretty rough. Yikes. So, look, this next line tells a bit of a story. Mr. Crane, who said he came across a white sheet at the Cullen Bay jetty protecting the man's body, said the incident was, quote, horrible. So... If we rewind what? back up to the story, James Crane is the guy who said, I hear it was a big fish. Who's James Crane? Is he just some guy? It is just He's some everywhere. guy. He's everywhere. I feel like there's more to this story. This is fishy. <laughs> God damn it. He, um, this, yeah, this really is just they went down to the marina or whatever, found a guy 
who was there and saw the body under the sheet and then asked him what he thought about it. What did you what did you hear that it is? You know? That's very strange. Uh, and then later on we elaborate by saying he was just kind of walking past and saw a body with a sheet over it. I'm assuming he then asked a series of questions and now the news is asking him a series of questions. Uh, Mr. Crane, a completely uninvolved bystander who <laughs> happened upon a body on a jetty, <laughs> continued, It was hard. Everyone needs to be together right now. And to lose someone over a freak accident like that, it was crazy, he said. The man who wasn't there and doesn't know the people involved. He's right, though. I agree with him. Uh, it's horrible that would happen on a fishing boat. But of the places to happen. Of it, all the places where you're going to get hit with an 18 kilogram mackerel. Wouldn't happen to you at the bank. It's no. true. Because I do all my banking online. Wouldn't happen while you're paying your rent. Because you leave the jetty and you... <laughs> you actually go <laughs> quite far away from the river and go to an underground car park. Go to an underground car park, one of the least likely places to be set upon by a large fish. Uh, he concludes by saying, it's supposed to be a fun day out there with your mates. And that's true. It is true. Just right. for record, I'm not buying this story one bit. There's something, something else. You reckon this, this foul play. Moida. I do think this is Moida. Hmm. Mr. Crane said he believed the man was on a personal boat and not a fishing charter. This dude doesn't fucking he doesn't know no shit. Idea. Why are we talking to Mr. Crane? Well, as a journalist, I think you'll find my, my job is not to say, well, this person said uh, it was raining. Uh, my <laughs> job is to look out the window oh. and say, hey, you're on the street there. Is it raining? <laughs> I think it's raining. Cool. Um, and your name. It's going in the paper. My goodness. In 2018, a woman's neck was sliced open when a mackerel launched itself from the water, 45 kilometers from Darwin. What is going on with our mackerels? We got a real mackerel problem. <laughs> uh, the 10 kilogram meter long mackerel reportedly jumped more than a meter and a half in the air before leaving the woman lying on a fishing boat with blood streaming from her neck. Jesus Christ. They're fighting back. Arm yourselves, fishermen of the world. Mm-hmm. Return of the mackerel. <laughs> you need to get all, all tooled up, and then when one comes flying at you, you just you just open fire, <laughs> leaving a holy mackerel. Oh. Mm. Do you want to Can read I that last we can't we finish. Yeah, that can't be it. What else we got? <laughs> uh, the woman survived. <laughs> Thank That's you so much. <laughs> I just really wanted to get that out there. <laughs> Was left with a deep wound to her neck. Oh, Imagine, right. like, for the rest of your life, you got this big fucking crazy scar How'd that side of your neck. It looks like someone tried to kill you with a machete. Like, what happened? Well, uh, a mackerel jumped out of the water. I was minding my own fucking business, and well, a fish Sweeney totted me. <laughs> See, I think we might have to disagree, though, because... She was out there looking to kill some fish. Oh, true. That's well, right. Hang on. You know? Oh, she was on a fishing boat. Okay. Fish can All defend right. themselves. They're right to do so. If, are you, if you are... It's a if castle doctrine for fish. Yes. Well, you notice that this is only happening to people who are out there actively fishing from a fishing boat. So not you, a personal charter, as Mr. Crane understands. Are you, you're saying, are you implying that the mackerel can see the sin within a man, <laughs> judge him... Absolutely. <laughs> and execute accordingly. Yeah, I think that a mackerel can recognize the type of activity that is taking place aboard a boat that has entered his domain. 
Furthermore, you're suggesting that this 57-year-old man who died about a week and a half ago, uh, this was just the execution of natural justice and it was right to happen? I'm saying that the fish castle doctrined him. Mm. He stood his ground. It was one of the little castles that they put in the the (laughs) fishbowl. He did. The fish stood his ground. uh, Defended himself in his home, which is very large. The entire sea. Mm. Minus Which, you know, freshwater leaves, lakes. It leaves itself a bit open to exploitation because if a fish does have a vendetta, it can travel to the area that that person lives in. And then mm. I guess just wait for them to go fishing at some point. And that's fish law. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew quotes fish law. Fish law. Oh, God damn it. Mm. Okay. <laughs> it's your new name. I'm calling you Fish from now on. Fishy. This is my bro, Fish. <laughs> hey, how did you get that name? Oh, boy. <laughs> Let me tell you a little bit something about the law of the sea. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, I think that's it for us, folks. Thank God. Yes. <laughs> Stay <laughs> out of the water. Lucy can return to sitting on the edge of a hotel bed, staring at the wall. That's right. I can't wait. <laughs> Do you reckon you're going to be up to about... Three or four selfies posted to Instagram a day by the next couple of days because I feel like yeah. that's all you've got to do with your time at this point. Pretty in time. much, I'm going to start making TikToks or something. Oh, you know? please <laughs> don't, and also do. Or, or you could start doing reels on on Instagram. Mm, no one's doing reels. No one's it, doing. It is that. pretty cool when a company just goes, "That's ours now." Yeah, we'll just do the same thing. <laughs> Oh, but I guess they don't have all the same type of psychotic teens on there. That's right. That's no, what they have TikTok's all about. Weird uh, real estate agents in their late 20s. Yeah. That's what's up. And Lucy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's it, folks. Thanks for listening. And uh, stay away from the ocean. Keep out of it. Keep it's out of it. It's not our business. Stay dry. It's not we your made our choice when we crawled with our horrible little <laughs> fins out of the ocean. When we dragged our disgusting little abdomens through the dirt and yep. gasped for air, and we stopped laying eggs, we started just doing the bit inside. Hey, what if we uh, what if we just plopped it right out? <laughs> there it is. None of this shell business to fuck around with. It's just a middleman. We said no more with the ocean. That's right. We got fuck out of there the for ocean. a reason because it's gross. I like staying dry. Uh, And I will continue to do so. I encourage you to do the same. See you next week. Bye. Bye.